I have a very bold yet shocking prediction to make coming up in moments. Bold and shocking. TJ, that's the sports radio way. I learned it from my sports radio handbook. Welcome into the Plank Show on a on a Thursday. Little different feel to this Thursday. Typically, we're at Caven's group. Uh, Steelman's out there today, but man, make sure for all of your uh, roofing, board up, if you need a uh, spring cleaning, you need a roll off, you've got water intrusion problems, you've got leaks, you've got mold, you think you've got mold, Gary has you covered at cavensgroup.com. I believe there was a thought that I would be gone today, and instead that is tomorrow. Or maybe Amanda was just tired of hearing some guy scream and yell in the conference room for three hours. Regardless, it's good to be in studio. What's up, Josh? How are you? Doing well. Good morning. I a- and how are you, my friend? Um, I feel like a new person today. How so? I got to sleep. I got some sleep. I thoroughly enjoyed both play-in games last night. Unpopular opinion, I couldn't stand DeMar DeRozan's daughter. Someone should have escorted her out. Could you imagine the poor souls that had to sit next to that screaming, yapping kid, dear goodness. But we'll get to that coming up in a bit, including a, um, a, a shocking and controversial prediction coming up here. Shocking! But I don't. I hadn't been able to catch up on sleep. I didn't sleep well at the hotel on Monday night. We got home really late on Tuesday. Had to do a little handyman. Though really, I just kind of watched Toby Baldwin do all the handyman stuff, and I, I googled up YouTube tutorials. I was really helpful, Josh. Really helpful. I was getting a good signal out there. Plank, you know, I'm not a real man. I'm not like a real man like Tommy Bacon. That's a real man, Josh. Like big, strong. Probably bales hay. Just throws it around. I mean, I'm not, but I can help with a YouTube tutorial, right? If if there's a problem, if there's a problem, and and either you know the real men in my like Trevor Anderson, Jay, and, and and Tommy Bacon, if they can't figure it out, I'm like, bros, got you. YouTube tutorial. Tuesday night, YouTube tutorial saved the day. Maybe they say, but I wasn't able to sleep on Tuesday night, and yesterday, I I was not feeling well. Josh Helmer. Yesterday, I was not feeling well. And I still blame the landing on the flight Tuesday night for me not feeling well. Whenever we dropped out of the sky. But um, I finally got, I, I did. I fell asleep last night. I was out. I woke up this morning refreshed and ready to go. Took the girls to school. Did a little research before the show started on the, on the history of, of, of Ohio and, and Oklahoma making trips there. Just, I don't know. I just feel great. So I actually got some sleep. And it wasn't a lot of sleep because, of course, we can't tip off games now until like 9 o'clock. It's like, isn't this game tipping off kind of late in the central time zone? Don't care. Push it back more. What time did that thing finally tip off last night? It was late, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. Because uh... the, 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 the Bulls-Raptors game was going a little bit long, right? I've, and I felt like they were waiting on it. It's like, just, you've got 18 channels, ESPN. Tip this off on one of them. Let's go. Well, I don't think it ended until. Oh, it was. Right before 11. I fell, I fell asleep whenever, what was it? The, uh, when, um, was it McCollum? Threw, oh, McCollum had the, the inbound was thrown away. 
And I'm literally, not even kidding, Josh. TV up, out. So <laughs> well, that's ball game. That ball game, I'm out. But no, no, no. So I got some sleep last night, and it was good. So I'm in a good place today. We've got a lot to get to on the show. I mean, do you guys realize that tonight at 5 p.m., the Oklahoma Sooner women's gymnastics team starts a, a the, the quest for a national championship? This is the fine. This is a, literally like the uh, I don't, I'm trying to think of basketball analogies, but think of it as a final four, even though there's more than four teams. Because this is the semifinal. You advance to the championship on Saturday if you perform well, if you compete well tonight. So I'm excited about that. We got men's gymnastics. Uh, it's also funny, little sidebar, is I've got two stories I'm working on for Boyd Street that I just about wrapped up last night, Josh, which is a great feeling. Great feeling. Um, but then I've if if the men and women's gymnastics team wins, then we're gonna we're gonna pivot. So there is a little bit of procrastination on one story because I'm like, the women's gymnastics team. Uh, if they're going to win it. Yeah, if they're going to win it. So that starts tonight. That's exciting. But um, and, and I got a ton from spring ball. I've reached out to a couple of the, the beat reporters to, to, to basically dive into, oh, I don't know, what they're seeing or hearing out of spring ball. Y'all seem to love any of those spring ball nuggets, and I'm here for them too. But Josh Helmer, I've got a bold, shocking, and maybe even unexpected prediction to make based on what I saw last night. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here you go. I think the two teams that played last night in the Western Conference play-in game, I think they're going to be the one and two seeds in the West next year. The one the and one two seeds. And two seeds in the West next year. And I was thinking about this. Let's pretend. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I knew this was coming today. Time for the Pelicans to trade Zion Williamson. What's the biggest problem with Zion Williamson? Don't anybody text in he's fat. That's not. What's the biggest problem with Zion Williamson? Can't get him to play. He's not available. What's C.J. McCollum say last night? We need our, our best players on the court. I I think the the Pelicans, their problem is just availability. From Brandon Ingram to Zion Williamson, you get those two dudes back on the court, and I'm pretty sure McCollum's set for a while. You got that veteran leadership. I I still don't know how they were in the playing game, Josh, with that kind of talent. Still can't believe they traded away Josh Hart. Thought he was good for that team. But but maybe a move. Get Zion healthy. I think that's a team. Here's the other thing. I think the uh, I think the Thunder are making the playoffs. I think to beat Minnesota. Yeah, I think, I think the, so too. I think they're going to be the eight seed. I think they're going to get a couple games from Denver, even though I don't know how we're going to stop Jokic if we couldn't stop old boy from Portland. <laughs> or excuse me, from uh, New Orleans last. See, I already forgot about the Pelicans. But I think you add Chet to the mix. I think you make a move here or there. They showed the future draft picks for the Thunder last night, and my jaw dropped. It was, I mean, what are you going to do with all those people? (laughs) What are you going to do with four draft picks in 2025 by that point? I mean, and those could be primo draft picks too. It's actually kind of brilliant when you think about, you know, looking ahead to 2025 and what there's a, 
I don't know how protected those are. I just know there's four of them. Maybe there was five. But I think you had Chet. You had another good player. Maybe you start using some of that future draft stockpile to go make a play for a vet or two. Sure. I mean, I I don't think they need to go get Damian Lillard, which as soon as someone big name gets on the market, it's like, go get Damian Lillard. Well, you kind of got that in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Or if there's somebody that you really, really like in a draft. Go up and get them. That's right. You've got the assets to climb up the board. I think, and and here's why. Here's why I think they're going to be really good next year. Because I think if, if this team had Chet Holmgren, I'm not saying he's going to be a post disruptor by any stretch of the imagination. Well, we have we have no idea what he's going to be. Preach. But at the very least, I mean, he's going to be somewhat of a rim guy, right? I mean, he's going to be a rim protector in some way, right? Right? Well, I think we think that he's somebody that you could toss it down low sure. block and he can go get you a bucket. Yeah. But I'm just I'm watching those teams play last night. It was great. I'm not I think I'm the farthest thing on the planet from a Thunder homer. But I started asking myself, whose future would look brighter right now? The Pelicans, if you had Zion inserted, or Oklahoma City, if you had Chet Holmgren inserted. And I stepped back and I'm like, damn. You know, you've got uh, – and, and Herbert Jones is kind of a, a New Orleans version of Lou Dort, right, to where he's you, – you might get a little bit more scoring out of Jones. might. Um and Dort was amazing last night, even though that three he took away. Oh, my away. gosh. It, 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 that, that one three, you, you just knew. You just knew at some point you were going to get one of those. At the hit next to the rim. <laughs> it's like. Shot back. He said, ah, nope, I've shot it too well tonight. Here we go. Uh, but Herbert Jones is kind of their Lou Dort. You know, they have a C.J. McCollum. It's kind of a veteran guy where, I mean, I Oklahoma City really doesn't. Which is fine. Which is fine. I guess you could argue that SGA would be that guy, but and and you can. I don't know if I agreed last night either with who was with Tom. Who, who was the play-by-play guy that was with last night? He's the big dog for ABC. Um, but they said that they thought Jada had a better future than the other. Jay Williams, and I was like, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I think they both do. But the point is, there's interesting pieces on both sides. And I kind of stepped back and thought, you know, the other thing that they're going to do is they're going to play. And I think what we've learned in the NBA this year, and maybe it's been over the last couple of years, and I'm not even kidding, guys. I watch a lot more NBA than we talk about on this show because, bro, I work with an NBA guy regularly on Mad Dog, that if I don't watch it, he's going to run circles around me. <laughs> he lets you know. Huh? And Rick Campbell, I'm going to get whooped in an, in an argument. But I, ju- I just kept thinking to myself, the Thunder are going to play. New Orleans, if those guys get healthy, they're going to play some games. And I think what we've learned is if you play guys, I mean, Denver, they took a little different approach with Jokic this year. But Mike Breen, thank you. Thank you, Toby Rowland. Toby Rowland probably had to pull his car back on the road when he heard me saying nice things about the Thunder. But I think they're going to play, guys. I think you still see teams, especially if the Lakers make a run in this playoffs, to where are the Clippers? Like, oh, what does it matter if you're the 4, 5, or 6 seed? 
What does it matter if you get in the play-in game? I think we watched the one and two seeds in the West in 2023-24. Now, you don't have to jump on board. I told you. Bold, outlandish. Maybe even a little bit crazy. Maybe institution. Uh, what? Institutionalized. That's what I was thinking. It's it's a little cuckoo. A I little think. cuckoo. But it's not totally cuckoo. Thank you. That makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, obviously, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City's vastly improved from where they've been. Right. They've got a ton of young pieces that you should feel good about. And if the answer is that Chet Holmgren is a player from day one. Then, yeah, I mean, what you're talking about, and who knows what they do uh, this offseason draft, go you know, go acquire somebody that's a proven vet. It's not totally unthinkable. And they've got a bona fide superstar in SGA. I mean, that, that shot that he made late was incredible. The baseline one? Oh, it was beautiful. Was he behind the backboard when he put that up? No, no but uh, – and, and the defensive play. The, the defensive was, play that yeah. he made on, on Ingram to set uh, – Set the drive up to the cup where he split the three defenders. I mean, he's a star of stars, so you just need a couple more pieces. I think I was seeing double by that point. I think the struggle to stay awake. <laughs> that makes Toby sense. Toby Rowland, how do you do it? How do you and TJ do it? I mean, my gosh. I'm watching them thinking, just DVR and get in the morning. Why do we play this game so late? <sighs> but I just, I was so thoroughly impressed with both teams, right? And then you start thinking, Adding Zion, adding Chet. There's going to be some names maybe in free agency this season. And both teams, to be fair, had kind of been left for waste whenever their stars left, right? You know how much OKC talk takes place outside of OKC in the NBA right now? Unless it involves a, hey, they got the SGA guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's pretty good. But same for New Orleans. When Anthony Davis begged out, um... Everyone kind of left them for for trash. I, th- I thought it was good. Now I'm happy for the Thunder moving on to the playing uh, game against Minnesota. Watch Rudy Gobert. It's like, hey, they all made up. Rudy Gobert is back tonight. It's like, great. Or tomorrow night. It's great. But I, I was I was entertained. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Good hey, times. I've not had a strong leaning one way or the other. If it was still just a hard one through eight and you're in, nine and beyond you're out, then so be it. But uh, I will say, I mean, one thing that I think has been pretty clear here is one thing the NBA had right is, like, there's not a ton of separation, right. seven through ten. Right. So the fact that they've gone this route, I think, ultimately has has been a good thing. Right. The games have been exciting. Last night was exciting. So if, if that's what the NBA was looking for, which I assume it was, I think you'd have to say mission accomplished. Right. Mission accomplished. Now, now things something bad. Remember Chet Holmgren got hurt last year in Seattle. You know, next year off season is like, oh man, we heard some bad news about Shea Gilgis. You're like, no, what? Why? Don't, don't put that in the atmosphere. Good times last night, man. All right, four zero five six five one three four three nine. That's the text line. Uh, River Wind Casino Jackpot Line, four zero five three two nine. 9,000, and Twitter, at Plank Show, at Josh Sean Rep. I've got uh, a couple of nuggets from spring practice we want to get to as we count down to the April 22nd spring game. Josh and I want to dive into the OU Daily Report on some of the things that's happening in, in Norman in preparation for the SEC, plus much more on a busy Thursday right here on The Rep. Did you see the Colorado AD 
finally got tired of the mess that's being talked on Twitter.com about conference realignment. Every, every single person now apparently has some sort of source or something on conference realignment or teams from the Pac-12 moving. When, again, um, I, I, I don't think anyone knows anything. But for the most part. See, you say that. Who are you buying? Who are you believing right now? I feel like Wilner has been pretty connected, it seems like, over the last couple of years. So if he puts something out, I would trust it. Um, okay. Okay. And not not that he necessarily has. I'm just right. saying, Everyone, you ask me, give me a name, and that, that would be a name. It is kind of funny, though, is it not that you say it? Because I'm usually after the – that guy from Arizona, man. I've never seen anyone that throws more S off the wall – and then, well, Greg Swaim's guilty of this, right? Oh, they, they figured out that it's uh, it's basically like the dump on Oklahoma strategy. Right. The M.H. Ver guy from from West Virginia. And then anytime something's wrong, it's like, well, that, that the source told me that people would doubt it whenever it came out there. Or it's, I don't know what to make of this, but someone just told me. And then all of a sudden it's, <laughs> you know, it sounds like the background of a press conference. But so the... The MHVER guy, who, by the way, I, I'm very grateful for Red Dirt Sport for turning me off of this guy. Because for, <laughs> a, while, you know, for a while, I was like, that's interesting. That's interesting. But then all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, no one is, no one is picking up the phone to call you to talk about realignment that much. Hey, random Twitter user with about 12,000 people that follow you. I, uh, I've got a bunch of information I'm going to share for you, okay? Well, and who knows? You know, every once in a while, it might be somebody that's very connected to Board of Regents, et cetera, <laughs> right, et cetera. Exactly. I mean, they might actually be in the know, random Twitter person. But when you throw that much out right, there right. I, see, and you, are consistently You wrong. have this belief that people do. I don't. I don't think even Regents know right now. That's that's my opinion. Oh, I think they hear things. I'm sure Absolutely. They, everyone hears things, but technically me reading this is hearing things, right? Well, you know what I'm saying. There's levels, Jerry, levels. Colorado AD Rick George refuted a tweet that the Buffs were going to vote on leaving the Pac-12 as early as Monday. Which, again, there's – why would there be a Monday deadline? What's uh, – and, and I guess someone had tweeted this towards Rick George who said there is absolutely no truth to this tweet. And then that dude deleted the tweet. Which, by the way, when you delete a tweet, that's a pretty good indication. You had no you had no idea what you were talking about, yeah, no, right? I, and then that I agree. With I, I just had to go look, and he's like, "The source told me I needed to take that tweet down." I'm like, n- because the source is like, "Dude, I'm not really a source, <laughs> <laughs> dude. You got <laughs> you got to yank this down." Man. So I again, I just I saw that before the show started, and it was it was fantastic. So thank you, Red Dirt Sport, for turning me on on that snake oil salesman. But I also, I, I, I have been intrigued by some of the moves recently, right? The Pac-12 associate commissioner leaving. There was, you know, the 86 different report about something going on in Utah. I just, again, all of these seem to follow that same three acts, right, that we talk about. Act one, every single time, people, something's wrong with the Pac-12 deal. And this is the act you should be paying attention to. Right. This the is other it. two, don't pay attention this to. This is the one that matters. This is the most. So it's, it's either delayed or the conversation's here or ESPN's out or Apple TV Plus is out or whatever. CW, moving in. Moving in, right, exactly. And the CW's like, I don't I don't know where this came from, but 
What source? What? What? <laughs> then the next step. Colorado voting to leave. Big 12 ready to poach. Blah, blah, blah. And then what's the third step in Big it all? Big 12 jump imminent. Imminent, right? Right. And then what's the third step? What's the third step? That sounds like everybody's starting to figure this thing out in the Pac-12. Right. Yeah. You know, it feels like Pac-12 starting to come together. Everybody's kind of realized uh, everything they've shrink the numbers. <laughs> so I just uh, sorry, I've realized that every time I pound the table, it dings my coffee mug. But that's kind of where I stand, right? That's kind of where I stand on it. I just I'm gonna wait until a John Wilner, a Pete Thamel, maybe even a Brett McMurphy on that front. And they're not just going to report hearsay out there. No, they're not. And so that's what I'm here for. I'm I'm trying to maintain patience <laughs> there's this from the 918 wait where's colorado going the mountain west or the sun belt i mean that's the funniest thing in all of this that's the funniest thing to me in all of this colorado has been irrelevant until the moment they hired deon sanders absolutely that, but but now now all of a sudden you're like oh but how long can that last exactly it has, it has to be built on winning and you know, the lightning rod effect of a head coach, I just don't know that that – like, by year seven, we're like, all yeah. right, the Dion thing's worn out. We're, we're done with the Dion thing. And then, then everyone says, well, the Denver market, you get the Denver market. It's Broncos country. And, and when was the last time anyone in any TV meeting, you think, stood up and said, I need Denver. I need someone to deliver Denver to me. It's just it's, – it's, it's a good – it, it's a great market. Sure, and, and you get some of the surrounding areas too. Again, the problem is, unless that team wins big, right? And, and maybe Dion's capable of doing that, Plank. But unless that happens, even as bad as the Broncos have been, right? The Broncos are—they're the cream of the crop, man. That's what people care about. There, you're always playing second fiddle. So I, I just always—I crack up with these places that have become. You know, hey, we've got to get there. I I understand if the Big 12 was talking to Oregon or Washington and they're trying to get that specific time zone. But, yeah, I don't I don't really get it, man. It doesn't. Unless, unless your mark just knows that, hey, we've got this on the table for those, what do they keep calling it, the four, the four corner, corner schools, four right? Four corner schools. I mean, if he's got – and. It and there's a lot me, of basketball in it, too. No doubt. And, you know, the Arizona-Kansas thing would uh, seem to be a very good fit for hoops. K-State seems to be on an uptick. Obviously, uh, Baylor's won a recent national championship. There's been rumors with Gonzaga. I, you could see the thinking. Right. But I would imagine your mark also has some sort of indication, okay, here's what the cash looks like. But I, I – okay, so I, I agree. But then I, I also think – I'm going to try to choose my words carefully. I think there is a part of what I've been able to take from, like, Brett Yormark's approach, the Big 12 commissioner, in that TV networks might say, yeah, you know, we're just we're – not, we're not too keen. I, we don't think you guys need it. It's not going to be money-added value. As it, but I could see Yormark being the kind of guy that would say, oh, we'll just you wait and – being salesman and saying, no, listen, let me tell you something. ESPN might not be saying it, but um, guess who will be? E- uh, Amazon Prime will want to put a game on. And if we add blah, 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 it's going to be this much more money. And I could see him 
having that kind of sales pitch? Because I can't imagine, again, adding Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah has ESPN salivating. I mean, they have them if they want them in the Pac-12 with more traditional matchups that they've had for years and years and years. Why would they say, yeah, man, we want, unless they're just trying to not spend any money on the Pac-12, but then in that, you'd be spending more money on the, uh, um, on the Big 12. I don't know. For maybe a more reasonable price, though. Maybe. Maybe so. But I just, I don't, I don't buy any of the four-corner talk right now. That's how jaded I am about it. I think the Big 12 is fine how it is with the four schools coming in. I think the Pac-10 should add San Diego State and maybe look at UNLV. I know they're very elitist, so they've got to talk about more West um, elite academic universities. They got to decide uh, if they're going to, you know, go get SMU from Dallas. But I just think you get two, two more schools that kind of fit that footprint, you're fine. Guys, we're going into an era where there is 12 teams that are going to make the college football playoff. Six automatic bids. That's a big deal. This isn't the exclusive club of only four, and we've had two teams that had to break the glass ceiling the last two years to get there. You're, you're in. You're in. So I wonder if that's part of the reason why you're seeing less out of the West Coast and more what seems to be of an aggressive approach out of this area. I, I don't want to, I didn't mean to bring it up and get too bogged down, but just saw that from Rick George and it's so, kind of crazy. In closing, go ahead. Colorado AD kiss of death, it's imminent. Right, exactly. Right. You agree? He said there's no truth to it, so that means it's going to happen. And I agree with Santa John. I I, I do, who says the four corner schools fit into the Big Twelve footprint logistically. Oregon and Washington do not. I would love, I would love for geography to matter. Now do West Virginia. How do they fit into the Big 12 footprint logistically? Do Cincinnati while you're at it. it. It's great. It's about where they feel like they can make the most money. Where can they give banger matchups to TVs to look at? Doesn't, doth not matter anymore where you are. It used to, man. It used to make a lot of sense. Like, hey, that'd be a good fit. Easy travel. Good stuff. And then no. <laughs> no. It's like, hey, you know what would be a good idea? Let's put UCLA and Rutgers in the same conference. And while we're at it, you know what would be cool for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? Let's put them in a conference with West Virginia. Tight geography-wise. I don't think anybody ever said, oh, it's a great idea to put Rutgers in any conference. I, I still can't figure out why the Big Ten thought it was a good uh, idea. Drunk on TV money, man. Drunk on TV money. All right, listen, I don't want to get too carried away in it. But, again, there is the there is the new news with Rick George speaking out and saying, yeah, no truth to the rumors that we're meeting to vote on a move to the Big 12 on Monday. All right, quick break. When we come back, your text next on the ref. Sorry, I uh, – I was in a conversation with Luann. Uh, it's Plank Show right here on The Ref. Can, can we just put the wrap on all this conference realignment talk? Sure. Because Camo Sooner asks a good question. He says, what's the end game to all this conference realignment madness? Is this all working towards three or four super conferences? What will the landscape of college sports look like in 10 years? That's July 8th on the Plank Show. Where That's Josh okay. And I, I think... I think we could dive into it a little bit here. People, they'll forget, and we'll do it again. Yeah, um, it's a great question. 
because I think it's a debate amongst everyone that follows and loves this sport that is in this, you know, college sports in general, because it's more than just football. But I do see, and I'm not even going to pretend that I know 1,000% how this could possibly work, but I do envision a time whenever kind of college football is run in its own sect, in its own area, away from the rest of college athletics. It's kind of like its own being, if you will. I don't know if that would then turn into an NFC, AFC type thing where, you know, only the top 50 schools make it. (laughs) And then you have everyone else battling for Liberty Bowl and Freedom Bowl bids, if even that's a thing anymore. And we go from there. I, I, I just... I don't think it gets to that point. I don't know. But when you ask what the end game is for now, I think it's to put yourself in position to have the best value for your next TV contract. (laughs) That's what I think you're constantly in the midst of, fighting for how much money can TV pay us. And then, oh my gosh, there's a whole conversation to get in there. Where is TV? Where is the, the future of the ESPNs and the Foxes of the world that are spending all the money on this. Is that future truly in linear or is it somewhere else? I don't, I don't know. And that's really getting over our skis in this conversation, but you, you dig a lot into the big 10 world, Josh. I feel like that they and the sec really have their finger on the pulse right now. I'm like you. I do. I envision maybe a, a world where college football can have, kind of separate sets of rules, sure. But if I can, can't can sit here and tell you how that's going to happen, then I don't really know if I truly understand if it's a possibility or not. Oh, I, I can definitely see some of that happening. Right. But the idea that, for example, only the Big Ten and SEC play for a national championship. I don't like that. No, I don't see that happening. So, like, the, the only 50 schools or only 48, I could see those being the, the halves – of the situation, and everybody else sort of being the have-nots. But uh, I just think, you know, from a television or from a streaming, whatever, from a viewership inventory, you know, obviously Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, you name it, they're more powerful in terms of numbers and eyeballs, right? But all of a sudden, you start eliminating Kansas State, Texas Tech, Kansas, everybody in, you know, the realm of 50-some-odd schools or – 25 power schools, Plank, and and that's a lot of numbers that you've taken out of the viewership picture. So I don't see us getting to that point. Me neither. But if you ask what's the end game, where are we if the Plank show is still sitting here from 9 to noon um, as we wrap up the 2033 season and OU's been in the SEC and it's been going well and that next TV deal is lingering – what does it look like? I mean, where are we? I wholeheartedly believe that both the Big Ten and SEC's footprints will be larger than they are today. They will have expanded by then. Is the ultimate goal 20? Or do you think there isn't even truly a limit on what the ultimate goal could be for numbers in a conference? It's hard for me to mentally get myself to the point to where it's larger than 24. Same. For oh, tw- either the Big Ten or SEC. Larger than 24? Correct. And I think that's a lot. Pushing it. 
20 seems to be a nice number, but there's attractive there's attractive entities out there that financially could be additive. When you and I first started on this endeavor of of really talking a lot about what the future of college athletics looks like, the the idea was that once the SEC and the Big Ten got to 16, with they did, which they did, then that next logical move is 20. So, what what swings first? The SEC getting aggressive in a couple of years and saying, "All right, let's go get Clemson and Florida State," or the Big Ten saying, "We got Notre Dame," or the ACC getting Notre Dame. I mean, I know their TV deal sucks, but. In all of this, it's just not a conversation that's being had. It's kind of like the the quiet little kid in the corner. If I could say, do they still put kids in the corner? Or is that, not, is that front upon now? Don't want to get canceled. It's gorgeous day outside. So, I don't know, Josh. I'm, it's a great question, Camo Sooner. One that I feel confident in saying we'll still have college sports in 10 years. <laughs> Will Notre Dame be a full member in a conference by 2033? I don't know how they can't. I did not realize how much significantly less money they're making. Yeah, I mean they're giving, they're leaving a lot of cash, a lot of meat on the bone, and, and they make good money with their uh, existing partnerships. Sure, but they they don't make the same as everybody else, and I don't think they're going to make the same going forward. If I feel like my opinion on this changes daily, but I think in the short term, I don't think you're going to see. I don't think you're going to see if the. Big 12 expanse, I don't think it's going to be wow jaw-dropping. I don't think it's going to be Colorado or Arizona State or Arizona. I think they're going to stick with the Pac-12. Um, if they expand, I think it would be something to where like a Fresno State, whose president has already been outspoken about it, or maybe a UNLV, or maybe they try to pry San Diego State away. I just I think the Pac-12 is going to get an okay TV deal, and they're going to be fine with it. But – We'll see. I kind of feel like you feel the opposite. Yeah, though. no, I think they're going to wind up in the the Big Twelve. You and you and uh, Santa John feel the same way. The four corner schools are Power Five schools and bring the Big Twelve up to sixteen teams. More competitive with the Big Ten and SEC for eyeballs. Yeah, I don't think it that do, it doesn't take a big chunk out of that. No, that's but I, I think you're barking up the tree. It stabilizes the Big Twelve and takes away from the Pac twelve. Correct. It basically makes it to where. Big 12's not going by the wayside, and maybe the Pac-12 is. Uh, 20-ish teams, right, Guy? That's why the Big 12 needs to stay aggressive and get all the Pac-12 teams. That's been my biggest confusion in this whole thing. Why, if you're the Big 12, why is your first target Arizona and Arizona State? Because you can't get Oregon and Washington. I I would try. They they should, but if you can get those corner schools, all of a sudden now you've got an exciting pitch to Oregon and Washington. I think you have an exciting pitch even without them. Yeah, but they don't think you have an exciting You don't pitch. think so? No, but all of a sudden you you put them in a conference that's totally crumbling, and even if it's not an exciting pitch, it's one that they're going to have to listen to financially. If Oregon stays in the Pac-12, are they the premier team in the Pac-12? Right now, yeah. If Oregon goes to the Big 12, are they pre- the premier team in the Big 12? Probably. Yeah. I mean, so I guess I just don't understand why that wouldn't be the first thing that the Big 12 would be like, what's up, Oregon and Washington? Let's well, I, go. I think they're still holding out hope that they're next in line to the Big, Big Ten. Big Ten, which I don't, I don't think is happening. One more quick one on this, then we'll move on. If conferences go to 20, 
SEC hits Florida State, Well, which, by the way, if there has been anyone more outspoken than Michael Alford in this whole conversation, it's wild. He's done a great job down at Florida State. If conferences go to 20, SEC hits Florida State and schools from the Carolinas and Virginia, no private schools, i.e. Miami. Uh, somewhere like Oregon and Washington will be in the Big Ten soon. I don't agree. I don't agree. I think if the Big Ten wanted Oregon and Washington, they'd, they'd already, already be there. there. Yeah. And also, it doesn't add any benefit to the Big Ten TV contract. The only benefit the Big Ten adds, has additive in their contract is Notre Dame. They bring in Notre Dame, then Fox, CBS, and NBC are contractually obligated to get back to the table. If you believe what John Oren reports, which, again, I have no reason to doubt it, there is a clause for a Power 5 school added to the Big 12, but only in one of its two TV contracts, which would probably be the Fox deal <laughs> as opposed to ESPN. I've been I'm, – I'm staunch on that one. I'm staunch on that one. I don't think that – I don't think that – if there is one that magically comes up for Oregon, then either the new commissioner sold everyone on it or – the presidents did get rid of Kevin Warren <laughs> because that's what they wanted in the long run. I tend to think it's the former, not the latter. I just they would be there already if that. What good does it do now? Right, you brought in UCLA, USC. You've got your TV deal for years. Well, it gives those two travel partners, but it, you it makes the scheduling component a little easier. Maybe you, you don't know even how your schedule looks yet, do you? Well, I think they probably do. You think they've got a plan? Oh, I mean, multiple. What have options. you heard? Nothing oh. different than probably what you have. I'm just saying that. I mean, <laughs> you were I, talking like a man in the know. I was envious. Well, I mean, I would. I think there's a lot of pretty solid ideas of what it would look like, similar to the the pods formats, or or it doesn't sound like divisions are going to be in play for the Big Ten going forward. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, if you could set it up to where you've got UCLA and then Oregon and Washington, okay, well, that's a nice little collection of four that can definitely be permanent opponents for each other every year. So that that would definitely be something that would help. Let's uh, – dang it, you people, you draw me in. You people, you draw us into this when it's not even – I blame – well, I guess it's Colorado. I blame Colorado and Rick George. All right, um, we've got a little football talk coming up at 10 a.m. Buzz from spring practice, much more coming up on the Plank Show. Just You just want to put a cap on this so we can kind of end it all, sure. the conversation. No one is more ingrained in what's kind of going on in the Big Ten, I think, in this market than you. You you cover it regularly, and kind of the point, oh, um, kind of the point of, kind of the point of Washington and Seattle, Washington and sorry, Oregon, is the belief that current Big Ten members don't might- want to give up permanent opponents. There you go. So to when we say travel partners, you might look and say, well. Like, I, I, I just looked it up. L.A. to Seattle. I mean, it's still 1,100 miles. It's only 1,400 miles from L.A. to Lincoln, Nebraska. What's the big difference? To maintain those rivalries that they have. For instance, I don't think Nebraska or Iowa or Minnesota are real geeked up about the idea of giving up their respective games versus one another or Wisconsin in lieu of playing USC or UCLA on an annual basis. Um. I disagree with Santa John, though, but I also think you missed the point of what we were saying. Uh, on the text line 405-651-3439, he writes, the four corner schools are additive. Fresno State and UNLV are not. 
No, I, I don't necessarily think they're additive. I just don't think they take anything away from you. You're out of time zone. That's when's, it. When was the last time, Santa John, you sat down to watch an Arizona college football game? A thriller. Get to Phoenix market. Nobody in Phoenix cares about the Arizona Wildcats right and, now. And we'll see. Maybe they are. Maybe they are somewhat additive because of that Phoenix and Tippy market. Potentially, yeah. But, but I think you nailed it. They're not probably subtractive. Right. And they could be additive in the long run. If, if they it, get better. Well, if they lure Oregon and Washington with them. Then it's a big time get. If you think the key to getting Oregon and Washington is by adding Arizona State and well, Arizona, go do it. Plank, you're just uh, you're just toppling dominoes at this point. That's right. And then the other part where I said Fresno State and UNLV, I mean, Fresno State's president has come out and said he's had conversations with the Big 12. Boy, man, that guy that tweeted that we like TV contracts is – He's having a day. That dude in Gunny's mentions, man, he is all fired up. All right, <laughs> spring ball talk next.